And if I'm not super busy doing stuff, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. I feel like I, get that. I feel like my business is failing mm-hmm. if everything is in order. So you're used to, you know, they call it phantom or feast. You're used to feast. Yeah. You operate better with deadlines and high energy and, oh, my God, we got to get this done. Yeah. And it's got to be constant busy. There's You like chaos. In your mind, that's where you operate best. Yeah, because I have all these fucking voices up there <laughs> organizing shit. I've been there. It's it's So it's it's always about, that's why I produce stuff so quickly, right? Like, you you ask any filmmaker what the fastest they've ever produced a movie, like, I don't know, Tyler can attest to the average time it takes to make a movie. I can make a movie in 12 days. Yeah, but do you, that's your ADHD. Yeah. That's your ability to focus on that, and that's yeah. your artistic ability. That is, again, I'm going to put that in the positive column. Again, I think that's positive. I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But when I, my business is running so healthy right now that all I am doing is living in fear of it falling apart. My biggest fear every day. You know what my biggest fear in the world is? I don't fear dying. I don't fear any, I, I fear one thing. I don't want to be um, so medically um, dependent on somebody else. I don't want to be shitting my pants and my kids have to take care of me. I don't want to be on a motorcycle and lose a limb and I have to be dependent on my children. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fear. But my biggest fear is I see the people on the side of the road. We'll work for food, homeless, whatever. I know some of them are full of shit. There's a gimmick there. I know some are have chem- chemical issues. But I do think that some real legitimately made a poor decision in their life and it just one bad decision creates that dilemma. That's my biggest fear. I don't Losing know. it. I don't know that it's one. I think it's a series of of bad choices. I know wealthy people. We're wealthy. One bad decision. Say not paying taxes. Now it might have been a few years of taxes or whatever. Right. It's a series. It's a series. That's what I mean. It's but a it's series. But it's one decision of- that says I'm not going to pay taxes. Or yeah. Um. You get married, and I know gentlemen who are very successful. They get divorced, and fifty to seventy five percent of their earnings is gone yeah um so it it it, it, yeah you're right it could be but it could be small the things i care about are very different than what i think most people care about i don't care about money i don't care too much about notoriety i like i like but you have i like that kind of doesn't make sense because in business you need cash right but what i mean by it is i don't care in the sense of i know that i'll always have it I know that I'll always make money somehow. Like, I don't necessarily, like, I've always had the money that I needed. I, there's always a way to make money. Making money is a very easy thing to do, in my opinion, if you're willing to work. If you're not willing to work, it becomes very difficult to make money. But when we were 20, it's easier to work. When we're 50, it's Correct. harder to work. Now, going to your notoriety statement, your brand is your notoriety. Correct. And that's where I was like, I, I don't necessarily, I like the idea of notoriety. I like the idea of, being thoughtful enough where people think that my opinion will help them. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I like that is for the reason why I like the things that I like. The things that I like is people. I really enjoy the connections. I really enjoy the connections with the people around me. Like I like when people leave my business, it breaks my heart. Like if you leave my business, it, it does hurt me whether you're a client or an employee here or where you work with me, if I like you and I want you to be part of this and you leave for whatever reason you leave for, 
it hurts me. Like I get like that hurts. And part of that is my past. And part of that is my childhood trauma of being the only biological of seven. And part of it is the bullying from seventh grade to eighth grade and eighth grade to ninth grade. And I just know that the people that I care about, I care about and I want them in my life. And when they choose to not be in my life, it hurts. And that's the stuff where I feel like if I'm not good enough, if I'm not doing enough, then they won't want to be in my life. That definitely stems from childhood trauma. And because I don't mind when people leave. If they're leaving to grow or evolve, I, I'll put a feather in my cap. And if I'm not looking for acknowledgement, but if I helped you in any way to move forward in life in general, I get a lot of people who call me and ask me for ideas, whether it's on mm-hmm. um, owning property side, a, a, a realtor. She's a very successful realtor. Um, but I have, the, I have balls. I don't take shit from my tenants. If they don't like it, get out. I'll find somebody else. And especially in this market, there's, there's markets here. And she should call me and pick my brain and stuff like that. Uh, and I have a couple other people like that. How do you deal with it? How do you do? If me helping them, and I'm not saying my way is right for everybody, but if they take my way and, and it helps them build their business or help them build their brand, then, yeah, that makes me feel good because I'm one of those people that I grew up poor. And that first opportunity to get your foot in the door is really hard to get. Yeah. Uh, my businesses are thriving now at 26 years later. Um, so if I can help somebody else get their foot in the door and make their business, I love that. They yeah. don't have to acknowledge me. They don't have to say, Dan, thank you or anything like that. No, they don't have to do that. It's just for me, it's, and I do like that if they're going out somewhere to, to better themselves and do more. Mm-hmm. But if they, if they're leaving because they find that I have a shortcoming, that's where I'm like, fuck, how did I miss that? How did I? How did I not know that I wasn't doing this good enough? Or how did I not realize that they Did you ask for an exit interview? Um, I haven't had to at this point. I know mostly why people leave. Um, I had somebody recently leave. She disrespected me. I wanted to sit down and have a conversation with her to set the boundary straight just to make sure I wasn't doing something wrong. She refused to sit down. I said, well, then we can't continue this work relationship any further. Am I going to think anything about it? No, I gave you that avenue. I gave you that opportunity so we could sit down. It's, it's, your, it's your call. Yeah. It's your call. I'm not. Yeah, I have to accept it. Right? I have to bring and, future leaders up. Yeah. And that's, I have to accept it and I have to understand mm-hmm. it. I'm just talking about my personal emotional existence, right? Like if you leave because, because of me or because of a shortcoming that I have, that hurts. Like it does, it hurts. Like it, it's upsetting to me. So, and it, and I take it, I take it personally on me. I don't take it personally from them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a personal, like, uh, it's my, it's my own vision of myself going, fuck, you are not good enough. You're not. There goes that trap again. Right. It's that, and that's what happens. And, and I go into that trap of like, even like with the movies that I made where I lost money and I had, I had people that I really liked invest in those movies and I was very honest with them up front with like, hey, it is a long shot that this is going to make any money if even your money back. I'm going to do everything. I guarantee that I'm going to do everything in my power to get it to a point where hopefully we make our money back. But there are no guarantees that we're going to make money. The only guarantee I can give is that I'm going to give it my all. Mm-hmm. And I might come up short. Right. And when I come up short and those people, 
and I don't then I and those people don't want to talk to me anymore or they they accuse me of like being shady or or taking something that like I'm very clear. Well, I don't know. I invest in other people financially sure. as well. If somebody came up to me, I'm a firm believer that what starts here will come to fruition. So if we have, you sound like you had some doubts or some restrictions or some uh, what ifs. And so if somebody came to me and said, Dan, I need $100,000 and I want to, I want you to invest. Oh, in yeah, nobody ever. I never it, even asked for that much. Well, but, yeah. but I'm just saying an example. And, but there might be a chance that you might not even get your money back or there might be some obstacles. You, wouldn't, you would think that if somebody's investing with you, they're going to know that stuff already. But you got to sell me. Well, it's because it's the film industry. Mm-hmm. So I sell it based on an experience. I go, look, you're going to be involved in making a movie. And at the end of it, I guarantee there's going to be a movie. And we're going to do our best to sell that movie to as many people as we can sell it to. But what I know about the film industry is I know I know more than most people forget at this point. Yeah. And what I know about the film industry is just because you sell a movie and your movie makes money, doesn't mean you're going to have access to that money, depending on who sells that movie for you. Meaning might not be profit? or No, meaning that the, the distribution companies are really fucking shady. And if you get in bed with the wrong one as an independent filmmaker, your movie could sell worldwide and make hundreds of thousands of dollars and you'll never see a penny. And there's no way of you even going after that money because one, you'd have to throw good money after bad, number one. Number two... They can cook their books however they want and just say, yeah, that wasn't from your movie. And then the streaming world has changed everything, so you don't really know exactly where money's going and how money's being made. And I've made all of my movies for under $50,000. So, like, I'm selling the idea of, like, hey, we're making this movie, and you're buying into the experience of making the movie. And that's going to be fun. Oh, and that's going to no. be <laughs> Right. Hell no. I got to – you got to sell me on me making money. Right. For <laughs> – but I don't go to necessarily like I go to people that are necessarily interested in making a movie, yeah. not necessarily into just the making the money part. Like mm-hmm. it's hopeful that we'll make the money, but at this budget with no name talent, you're not going to make money. You want to make money? I can I can make a movie that'll make money tomorrow, but we're going to need at least a half a million dollars, and I'll make you fucking I'll make you four million. But but that if that's a guarantee, then I, I can let you know if we can make that happen. <laughs> If you guarantee a $4 million return on a half a million dollar investment, let's make it happen. I mean, we, but it has to be some kind of guarantee. Now, I can understand the technical conversation of the distributions and uh, the, the distributors and stuff like that, that I have very little knowledge. And that's when you you have to kind of, I trust you. Right. I believe in you. Correct. I got I to believe that what you're saying about that avenue being tricky. The one thing I know about investing is that there's no guarantee ever. There's no mm-hmm. guarantee ever. But you can line up, you can line everything up to be pretty fucking predictable. Correct. And I know how to line everything up at this point to be pretty fucking predictable. So it's, there's a lot of factors that go into selling a movie right now. Theaters are tough because you like, you have to put in this, so you have to say, put in the same amount of money as you did to make the movie to market the movie, basically. So if you make the movie for five million dollars and you don't put five million dollars into the marketing of the movie, correct? Yeah, then, I've heard that. then you're not going to make your money back. So now I'm ten million dollars into a five million dollar movie, right? Mm-hmm. So now I have to split profit share with the theaters if we get into the theater. Okay, so now I have to make twenty million dollars mm-hmm. in order to make my ten million dollars back. And it's anything over that is considered 
Right. And then anything over that's considered profit. But now in order to get to that point where all the theaters want you, now you need a name talent. So if you want the name talent that's going to get into the theater, now you need to spend $5 million just on them. So now I'm at $10 million to make my movies, which means I have to have $10 million to invest in the marketing of my movie, which means now I have to make $40 million before I start to see my profit, right? It's an eight-time rule. Usually right. it's eight times your investment from what I was told. So if you put in a million, you're just going to be shooting for, you know, at least, uh, yeah, eight times. You're going to shoot for eight times five is 40 million. Right. And then you have to, you know, you factor in all the other pieces that go into any business. But the movie business is no different than any other business. The more, the the higher the quality of everybody involved, the higher quality the movie is going to be, the better the movie is going to turn out. The better chances there are of people going to be wanting to watch it and see it. So, and then it's like, okay, now where, which streaming platforms can you sell it to? Where do you sell this to? Where do you do that? So really it's at a certain point, you have to make a movie that's good enough to interest like a Netflix or an HBO or a Hulu to want to invest in you to make another movie because they're not really going to buy the movie you made. That movie is just the introduction to, okay, now we'll give you X amount of future dollars production. to do a future production. So now the real way to make money in film is to create a production company and have your investors invested in a production company, make multiple movies and hopefully get a deal from like a Netflix or a Hulu or an HBO or a Paramount plus to create a bunch of other projects. Now your investors are making money off of that company rather than one film project. The one film project model of trying to make money off of it is nearly fucking impossible. But if you invest in a production company with somebody that understands production and you can start creating a bunch of product, now you're making a shotgun blast instead of a a sniper shot. Correct. Makes sense. You're more likely to hit stuff if you can do more stuff. And then it's about picking the right genres and figuring out like, if I was going to do a production company right now with actual investors, I would only put out family and, and kid content. That's all I would focus on. I wouldn't focus on any adult shit because kids are a gigantic market and family is a gigantic market that is underserved. There is not a ton of. Isn't that girl, that lady, she was on growing pains Uh years ago. Doesn't she a Candace Cameron or something? Doesn't she have her own family geared to. A channel where it's just family entertainment. She might. I think. In, I don't know if, if Candace. I know that I know her brother she, was on Growing Pains. Kurt Cameron. Yeah, but Candace was in Full House. Yes, I think it, it was one of the two. It was one of the. It was a female actress on one of those shows. Has her own. She she is more of a conservative person. It makes sense that it would be. Candace. But she has her own family yeah. network and i was reading that she actually doing very well compared yeah. to a lot of the other ones yeah because it's family it's family oriented family oriented talent like yeah. hallmark and the christmas movies and family yeah. and all that all that stuff do does well. really well when you do it and we've worked on some really shitty films for other people where we've done post-production and other stuff where they're just fucking bad and it's like you were like how the fuck did this even get made like this is the worst thing i've ever fucking looked at let alone how is somebody but you didn't fucking watch? No, I didn't fucking make it. You I just, can't put your name on that. No, I was just tired to to finish it. Mm-hmm. But there, I could easily make high quality family content that would sell as a company, and that's what I would pitch. I would never pitch, "Hey, we're going to make the best movie ever. You should invest in this one movie." Like, no, unless you're, unless you have ten million dollars, 
one movie is never going to do it. So you need to be able to invest at least probably five to $10 million into one movie because you have to pay for a name that's going to draw like half of the reason why people watch a movie is because of who's in it. I heard Will Smith's real cheap these days. I bet he's not, (laughs) honestly. I bet he's not. Side joke. (laughs) I know. Talk about taxes, a toxic masculinity. Yeah. Is he toxic masculinity or is he the opposite? Because is it is it even masculine to slap somebody half your size? No, right? No, it's now the if he purpose. went up there. Now if he went up there and slapped the rock, <laughs> then yeah. But it's the purpose and and what pro, the what provoked him to get up there and do that. Well, what provoked him was his insecurities and his own personal life. Let's all be honest. Well, like he well, has some. Well, what they say is. Um, the absence of masculinity makes it toxic. Probably. That makes sense. You know, and his wife had, uh, you know, public affair with a younger gentleman. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming I've never had it done to me, but I'm assuming that's going to take a shot to my masculinity. And, you know, I think the video of that night where her responding and looking at him before he went up and did what he did and, you know, yeah. yelling, that's the absence of masculinity yeah yeah it's a, it's such a tough the whole masculinity conversation as we circle back to it is a i'm on the fence with what i how i understand it because i end up hearing about to, how oh well it's just toxic masculinity and then you look at the dude and it's like some dude that goes to the gym six days a week and doesn't have and isn't in a relationship and isn't a good father, like you have all these boxes checked of being a good dad, a good business owner. You know enough that you want to be single, so you are single. You know what you want out of your relationship. Like, then we hear from like men that are like going to the gym six days a week, don't have a business, or they do have a business and they just have piles of money and they're married, and then they're still talking shit about women. And it's like, dude, you're married. Mm-hmm. What do you care? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we even having this conversation? Like, this doesn't. Or like you're, they say shit like, "Oh, you're gonna let your wife speak for you." If my well, wife, yeah. if my wife has something to say, then she's gonna yeah. say it. That's, that's abuse. That's that abuse. has nothing to do with speaking for mm-hmm. me. That has to do with she has something to add to the fucking conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, she's allowed to do that because it's not my place to say she's allowed to do it. But a man that says that is insecure, right? Again, we're absence of masculinity, right? So, Who's that? Was it Andrew Tate? He's like the the king of toxic masculinity. Uh, I watch his videos a lot. And I like to watch, again, we go back to, we're going to circle back to, I like to see everybody's difference of yeah, points yeah, yeah. of view. Learn that as I got older. Um, so I watch his videos a lot. Some make sense, some don't. Um, I do believe that, I don't believe in gender roles, meaning, you know, I raised my son to be a man. And the man for him, what I had for him was, you're going to learn how to cook. You're going to learn how to clean. It, it's, I'm raising a citizen, a productive member of society, that once I'm not here can still cook, mm-hmm. clean, not live in filth, not starve, uh, be responsible, pay his bills, have a job. Obviously, you have to do that. He today um, is a father. He doesn't tell my daughter-in-law, you got to change the diaper and you got to feed him and everything. He actually says, no, I'll do it. I'll yeah. help you. Um you know, where I have friends, they've never changed a diaper on their children. That's crazy. 
They never did. And not because they didn't want to. It was their wives at that age determined, this is my role. Um, but, you know, there is, I don't believe in general, uh, gender, you know, responsibilities in a relationship. But there are some people who already dictate that based on their past misconceptions or past bad experiences. Yeah. And that goes both sexes, female and male. I do things for my wife, not because I think she can't do them, but because I want to do them so she doesn't have to. Correct. Right? Like, those are the things. Like, I pay to have my lawn mowed. Funny. I I never, Tyler, I never got a call. Because I barter with a client. Oh, that's the other one I keep seeing. So I barter with a client. To mow my lawn. Remind me again. And <laughs> trade up. Um, but I bartered with a client to mow my lawn, and my wife was like, we don't have to pay for that. I'll do it. And I was like, you don't have to do it. I'll pay for it. And she's like, but I can just do it. And I was like, I understand that you can do it, and I can do it. But I would rather that if we have time to mow our lawn, we spend that time with us, and we pay to have the lawn done. Because I would rather spend more time with you and I don't want to mow the lawn. Like, I have no interest in doing it. That's not a thing I want to do. I, like, that's not... I Like, I, I literally just changed the toilet in my fucking bathroom. Not because I wanted to, but because I had to. And I didn't want to wait for a plumber. Like, I didn't want to wait uh, until they could get to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to pay... If you had the... you called me, I would have told you we have plumber on payroll. See? See? Had but I known. You're, you're bartering with somebody my competitor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. And this, I get, I get a lot of that. I get a lot of that, like... Uh, you're in a car with a woman, and she's driving. Mm-hmm. She needs gas. Yeah, get out and pump. I'm the same way. I go a little bit further. If I'm dating a young lady, I'll pay. Yeah. I'll pay. I I have some people that, wow, can I buy you dinner? No. I'm old school. I'm not saying you don't have the ability to buy me dinner, but I'm old school. The least I can do is buy you dinner for if you're if you're keeping me company tonight. Right. So I get a lot of that. And I've had people say, Dan, you're never going to let me buy you dinner. My son's the same way. I'm a little old school when it comes to my son's like, and he has way financial re- way means to pay for dinner. Dad, you ever going to let me pick up the tab? And I said, no. You know when you're going to pick up the tab? And he goes, what? My funeral. You're going to have to feed the people that are there. Whether it's three people or 300 people, I don't know. You have to figure that out. So I made a rule for my friends because I kept picking up checks. And even my wife was like, you have to stop buying everything for everybody. And I was like, I don't mind. Like, I don't like. Mm-hmm. I like doing it. It's a part of my mm-hmm. part of my heritage to to feed people and take care of people. Mm-hmm. And so I made a rule, like years ago. I was like, all right, because people would always give me shit about always picking up the check and them not seeing me pay for it. I was like, well, here's the rule: if you invite me out, you can pay, but as long as I'm the one inviting you, you don't get to pay. That's amongst friends. Yeah, I'm talking more of the dating. But aspect. even in the dating, like if if a young lady when I was dating. I would pay like that's mm-hmm. that, I, my default was to pay. Mm-hmm. But if she insisted and I was the one that invited her out, I'd be like, well, you didn't invite me out. So if you want to pay next time, you'll have to invite me out and I would pay the bill. I, I can't. So for some reason I can't, yeah, but I can't. it's, but it's a rule that I designed for myself that made room for what other people wanted and what made mm-hmm. them feel good. Cause I had the, the realization that some people feel good when they pay when they pick up the check. I've learned that recently. And I didn't want to take that away from them. So if you invited me, that's fine. But if I invited you. When you were dating your shit. wife. Yeah. At the very beginning. I paid. Okay. That's that. But the, when, there was, when you're down the road. But there was times where she was like, can I pay? And I would look at her and go, when you invite me out, we'll have a discussion about that. 
Yeah, but it, yeah, that's down the road. Or right. Maybe a couple months or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I, no, I don't have a first... problem with that. It's, yeah. it's the initial, and I just, I just, no, it's, I, 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 I'm even not now, saying they don't have the ability, and it comes off that way. I've, I've been barked at. Even now, when my wife is driving and she needs to get gas, I'll get out and pump the gas. Mm-hmm. And there are some times where she's like, "Well, do you want me to pay?" I'm like, "Bro, it's our, it's our money. Mm-hmm. I'll just pay because <laughs> we do, we keep separate accounts still. We have a joint account, but we keep Correct. separate yeah, accounts. Yeah. So she's just like, "Do you want me to pay?" I'm like, "No, I got it. It's just gas, bro. Like, I got it. Like." It's also that part of even holding the door, like accept the kindness, like accept the gesture for what it is. Mm-hmm. Don't overthink it. Don't over, don't overanalyze me holding the door for you or me pulling a chair out or me taking my hat off mm-hmm. or me, whatever I do that's, that's just a, a social nicety to you, just accept it for that. Mm-hmm. Like don't overthink it. Walking don't, on the roadside? Oh Yeah. A man's supposed to walk on the walk on the roadside. Yeah. Oh no. My wife <laughs> constantly pushes me to the inside. I just stopped fighting. Oh, what a surprise! Like, me, she pushes you to the outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, she does when cars are coming. But yeah, she'll walk on the outside. And I'll be like, I'll yeah. move her, and then she'll gradually make her way back over. I'm like, whatever, dude. It's a, there's a confusion out there, and there's a confusion, and I've known some females, uh, friends, just associates, friends, whatever, and they've gone through a bad divorce. And they go through that phase. I don't yep. need a man. I don't need a man. I'm yeah, going to do independent. Yeah. Then along, they meet the man. Yep. And the man is, you can tell they're the masculine, where, you know, I well, got they're you. an actual man, man yeah. quote unquote. And uh, then they gave up all those, however t- long for profession of independence, now they attach to a man. So I always tell everybody, forget that noise. If you're still upset because of the previous relationship's outcome, then fix that. Yeah. Before you go out. Yeah, you have to fix that. <laughs> fix that. If you're going out and you're going out on a date and all you're doing is you're professing your constant independence, you haven't fixed what what disappointed you in the previous. You're one. also not that independent. Now you're gonna get some <laughs> you're gonna get some conversation you're on that. You're just one. not. <laughs> like if you have to prevent profess how independent you are, you're trying to convince yourself. If you're independent, you then you know you're independent and you don't have to tell anybody. Well, just like when they post living my best life. Yeah. You don't have to post prove to people you're living your best life. No. If you're living your best life, it doesn't require profession. No. But that's my response when people ask you how I am. I'm like, I'm just out here living my best life. Because I just, it's my choice to, to but I get it. You don't have to profess it. And the truth is, is that in those moments, I may not be living my best life. I am trying to convince myself that this is my best life. And that's okay too. And it's okay to continue to say that I'm an independent person if you're trying to convince yourself of it. But the independent person doesn't have to claim it. The masculine person doesn't have to claim it. The feminine person doesn't have mm-hmm. to claim it. The individual, you don't have to claim that you're that you're not a racist. You just oh, you just shit. be that go. thing. <laughs> but it's all but they're all the same. I get what you're saying, but that that's where and again I'm speaking. You're the married side. I'm the single side, and I I, I think women do themselves a disservice when they're professing that independence i get it that they don't want to be looked as gold diggers right but that's what i'm saying that, that they're not that independent but the, you're professing I, I agree it. with you but the problem they're doing is they're actually deterring somebody who might be a good compatible partner for them is it toxic independence i would say so because it's well the, studies it's have the shown. opposite of toxic masculinity it's the toxic toxic independence well, studies have shown that the constant uh need to profess independence is triggered by a past trauma experience 
So that's where it all, yeah, it's, it's, it's toxic independent. So that, I, we just fixed it. You're yeah, all welcome. I don't know about that. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. Please don't put my business name out there because I got to, it's either going to be good or bad. I don't know. We're going to get it. We're going to get some conversation. Well, I just, anything that you're professing too often and too much means that you're not that thing. You're trying to convince yourself. You're trying you to convince yourself. Right. It's one thing to own your shortcomings and be like, hey, these I have to and I talk about mine often so I can work through them. That's why I talk about them mm-hmm. often, because I know that I haven't perfected it yet. Like if I worked out all of my bipolar and all my ADHD, I would never have to talk about it because it would never occur. Mm-hmm. But until I'm done working through it, which will probably be never because it's a chemical imbalance Correct. that I can't control, then I have to talk about it because I want people to be aware of it. I want people to be aware of. But you're doing it as an educational communication, Correct. not as a woe is be. Yeah, victim. not as like a victim. So when somebody comes in with, and we're going to use the term because we want to drive, drive this home. When somebody comes in with toxic independency, they're doing it more from the victim role as opposed to. Correct. I'm trying to educate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This whole idea of like, I don't need you to hold the door for me. No shit. You don't need me to do it. I'm doing it because I want to, because it's nice, because it's a gesture of kindness to, to hold the door for you or help you with your mm-hmm. bags or to. Whatever I'm like, and are there fucking weirdos out there and creeps out there that are doing it for the wrong reasons? Of course there are. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I'm not taking away from that, but not everyone, I would assume the vast majority are doing it as a gesture of kindness, whether they're attracted to you or not. Yes, people are going to be nicer to people they're attracted to, period. They're like, whether it's physically attracted to them or attracted to their personality Mm -hmm. or they enjoy being around that person. I'm going to be nicer to Tyler and you than I am two fucking idiots off the street because mm-hmm. I know you. Mm-hmm. I have a connection with you. I'm going to, I'm just going to be nicer. I'm going to be more generous than the guy on the corner holding his fucking sign. Like I don't like that. It's just, that's the natural course of things. Mm-hmm. But this idea of announcing at the rooftops that I'm so masculine or I'm so independent is absurd on both sides. I got to stop saying I man hear me roar then. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I am who I am. Yeah. And, uh, I think over exerting the message, like, as you're saying, um, it, it, it might be putting out a false impression. You know, you, you're, you might be saying I'm independent. I don't need no man. And I, again, I've, I've read studies show that women who focus more on their career through the longer part of their lives actually are less happier than women who have settled down and had children because women are, we're going to go back to a Tate video, women who have children because that's their biological, um, women can have children. We can't. We can never say. I would make the same argument to men, I don't think women are equal to men. I I would say that men that don't settle down and don't have kids in their life are more depressed or or have less fulfilled lives than those that do whether they but have we a, biologically can't have kids. right we can't so when i say uh, so i don't get hate mail but we can participate in having children male. like i adopted my kid that doesn't mean she's any less mine correct but i'm talking about biologically, biologically speaking, i can't birth a child yeah right however i would make the argument that men that don't have families and spend most of their mm-hmm. life focused on their career tend to end up more miserable and more depressed than those that have a family. You have a family. You have a son. You have a grandchild. Mm-hmm. You have a daughter-in-law. You have mm-hmm. ex-wives that you still get along with because you had mm-hmm. said child. Like, mm-hmm. 
So you still have all these relationships and you have family and you have people in your life that matter to you outside of your business. Mm -hmm. The people that spend 80 to 90% of their life focusing only on their business are the people like, what's that old saying that nobody ever said that they wanted to spend less time with their kids on their, on their, Mm -hmm. at their death. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I spent the first part of my life focusing on my, raising my son and then he's adult, so now I focus on my businesses. Those are my children. I only have one child. Right. I get along with my ex-wives because I'm not a, one of those people that believes in shitting on their ex- exes because you're an idiot. At yeah. one point, you loved them yeah. or you spent enough time right. with them to marry them or, or live with them or reside with them. Shitting on them afterwards, is, it was just it's lack of compatibility. But now I'm more focused on my business because I've already done my work as a family member, as a, as a parent, as a father. He's an adult now. We're reverting back a little bit now because I have a grandchild, and now I'm going to bring right back to doing the family. So you, you're correct. Um, in those years that I didn't have to be a hands-on father because he's an adult, I was focused more on my business. Was it giving me as much emotional con- contentment inside and, and happiness? And No. Now my grandson's born. In a short time that he's been here, three year, uh, three weeks, it's happy. It's it's more content. I want to give right. him everything. I want to, you know, spoil him. I want to make sure that my kids, uh, you know, my daughter loves my kid. I still call her my kid, um, are taken care of. It's the provider part right. mentality. It does give me more joy to do that. You're right. right. So you're but right. But that's, and again, that's that's where I think that these these Andrew Tates of the world get it wrong. I think that they like to separate men and women into these categories, when realistically we're not that different when it comes to the emotional spectrum of things. Emotionally, we're pretty, pretty similar. We handle it a little bit different, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, we, we, we all feel the same shit for different reasons, mm-hmm. right? I've had full conversations with people about how, you know, Oh, well my wife or my girlfriend is emotional. Well, you're just as emotional. I'm just as emotional. Like we, we may not be emotional about the same shit, mm-hmm. but we're definitely emotional. We mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. get triggered emotionally by certain things that either upset us or, and I promise you, when you're at your most angry over whatever fucking tool in your garage got lost because you're so manly, not you, just the general <laughs> you, and your wife came to you and was like, oh, just don't worry about it, honey. Just forget it. You'd fucking lose your mind. And that's the same for her when she's misplaced something or done mm-hmm. something in her world. That's upsetting her. Don't so, say kitchen because now you're going to get that gender. Did I? I said world. <laughs> right? So I caught you there. <laughs> whatever world she's in. Correct. Whether it, she might be tools for her too. And if mm-hmm. you go to somebody when they're upset and tell them to just forget about it, they're going to fucking lose their mind. Yeah, that's just in general. You're, right. not, you're not validating their emotion at that Correct. time. And that's what I mean when I say that, that men and women are, are fairly typically the same emotionally right Mm -hmm. they're they're designed similarly in those aspects to be under those circumstances with like the andrew tates of like hey this women would be more happy if they did this thing no maybe we but there's no way to test that there's literally no way to test it because you can't take the same woman and not have children and have her work the entire time and then go back and have her do it again yeah, I think he's everybody's based more on he uses more of the Western world sure. as as a basis um of of but, female comparison. Right. But also the world has changed. Mm-hmm. Most of the jobs out there are not as physical 
and strenuous that needed a man's quote unquote strength to do, mm-hmm. there are tools now that take away that piece of it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be as strong to do certain things. Boys tend to be dumber and want to do things that are of higher risk than women. Women just go, yeah, I'm not doing that. That seems insane. Oh, right? Women are definitely more rational thinkers right. when it comes to behaviors like that. Sometimes. I know a very one specific wife that I have that's not always a rational thinker. <laughs> right? Like, th- And that's just who she is, and I accept that, and I'm okay with that. And I know that there are certain times when I'm not a rational thinker, where there are certain things where I just get completely irrational, and like that's just the road that I'm taking right now. And she lets me go into it, and she'll wait till I come out of that irrational thought to be like, so how'd that go? <laughs> right? So it's, I don't think any level of, of extremism when it comes to masculinity or independence or feminism or whatever it is, when you're the extreme level of it and you're mm-hmm. announcing it, it's just bad news. And I, it, it's in this whole conversation that you and I even started before this podcast of why you're even here again <laughs> was because of the Jonah Hill thing and, and men setting boundaries. And again, I think it's perfectly acceptable for men to set boundaries. I think it's perfectly acceptable for women to set boundaries as long as they're not based on insecurities and you're not asking somebody to change their existence for you. That becomes controlling. Well, there's a, but I get what you're saying, but now you mentioned insecurities. Insecurities can also come from past triggers. Yeah. And I wouldn't deem them to be insecurities. It's. If it's a past trigger, that's somebody else's behavior. You can't, you can't put somebody else's behavior on me. Quick example, I know some females who said they won't date a certain ethnic group because of their past experience. There's two or three of them. It was ironic. Because of the experiences they have had with this ethnicity over and over and over, this ethnic group. So they said, I'm not going to date anybody from that ethnic group anymore. I have my, and that's, I don't deem them to be insecure at all. It's just their past experience has shown that multiple times that group has I think disappointed that's a, I think them. that's a different topic than saying that's setting a boundary on who you're going to date but instead of setting a boundary for who you're dating. So if if I'm in a relationship with somebody and they say, well, every time that my ex went out to the bar, mm-hmm. he hooked up with somebody mm-hmm. so you can no longer walk into bars. But you're talking two different things. You're talking already in a relationship as opposed to- Well, Jonah I'm, Hill was already in a relationship. Yeah, but I, th- I think they broke up. No, they were. I think they it broke was on up the because tail of end. it. They broke up because yeah. of it. They broke up because he wanted to set these boundaries, and she said, "Well, then I'm going to go live my life." And then my understanding is that she made it public a year later, whatever for whatever reason, yeah. to call him out on abuse. him being controlling mm-hmm. and abuse. And if you're only in the beginning stages of a relationship and you're setting boundaries, then that's fine. You just, you're saying, Hey, look this. And again, the way Jonah came off with his texts from what I read, take it for what it's worth. He seemed polite about it. And he seemed like, Hey, this is what I want in my life. And if this doesn't fit you, go live your life, go mm-hmm. live your best life. I don't see anything wrong with saying it like that. But, but you're, there's a gray area here on the timing of that conversation. Whereas first couple dates, Hey, I don't, I don't like this. Uh, I, I'm Portuguese. Yeah. I will never date another Portuguese woman. <laughs> I will never. I've, I've been married to two of them. I will never. I, I'm going to get hate mail for this. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I will never, ever date another Portuguese woman. I'm proud to be Portuguese. I'm proud of my heritage. 
I just, my base experience is compatibility. I'm an alpha male and there's, my experiences has said that there are a lot what of What does them, that mean, I'm an alpha male? Well, I have a strong personality and I'm outgoing and. I don't, I don't consider you an alpha male. Uh, many would argue with you on that. And when I mean by alpha male, we're not so going toxic define, alpha male if we're going to But I, new... I assume that an alpha, anybody that says I'm an alpha male is leaning towards toxic. No. What it is is. Even they're... just the word alpha seems like it's a little <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> well, I am aggressive. I, I'm very aggressive. I am the no take shit kind of guy. And unfortunately, marriages have become uh, sacrificial because of that mentality i have goals to reach i have agendas to meet i have you know a, a plan sure now more research should have been done and i'll admit to that during the dating process of those sacrifices so here's the thing about alpha male when they say i'm an alpha male which is why i don't think you actually are one i think that you're a very very just don't call me a simp that's a new term i just heard recently i don't even know what the fuck that is <laughs> honestly it's not positive no, I, I just, I don't look at you and say, oh, that guy's an alpha male. I look at you and I say, oh, that guy's a very mature, healthy, independent. You, you call me old and fat. Old fat guy. <laughs> uh, <That's, laughs> I think. See where we're going? Everybody's yeah. got a, def a, but a when definition. You, but when you say alpha male, you're insinuating that you can only be with a beta. You can only be with somebody that. No, I can't two be. Two alphas can't be together. Correct. Right. So there are listen, so, there are men that are very laid back in their relationships. Very, very laid back. Yeah. Like they'll just go with the flow no matter what. Yep. I'm not that guy. I'm very opinionated, even in a relationship. Right. But do you have give and take? As I'm learning as I get older, I have to learn to give. Right. If you want a relationship to last, yeah, you do. You have to have balance. Correct. The, you will never be in a relationship that works healthily mm -hmm. if you continuously say i am an, a, an alpha male well i don't profess that in my relationship but i noticed that but if you're professing it to yourself in mm -hmm. any way shape or form and you're walking around in this air of i want to be an alpha male so i'm going to do these i'm going to check these boxes to be that then you're limiting your ability to have a healthy relationship because be a healthy relationship is not the same as a lion in his in his pride there's a reason why a lion is the alpha of his pride and he has seven women. It's and it's not because he's a glutton for punishment. There's hardly, <laughs> but he only fights other men. Correct. For breeding reasons, and then the women go out and do all the work and mm -hmm. he just lays there on the couch, the exact opposite of what you say you want to do. Correct. Right? So an alpha male, the 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 absolute alpha male of all alpha men is the lion. Agree or disagree? Yeah, if we're talking in an animal world. We're yeah. we are, because yeah. that's where alpha comes from. Yeah. And any other alpha, whether it be the alpha of a wolf pack or the alpha of any sort of group of animals, is the one individual that is the strongest and does nothing but beat the shit out of other people that try and take his position. Other animals that are of the same breed that try and take his position. So basically, an alpha male, by definition, would sit on the couch until another man came over to try and fuck his wife, and he'd beat the shit out of that guy, and then go back to the couch and say, bring me a sandwich. Well, I probably would beat the shit out of somebody if they tried to fuck my wife. Right, but... <laughs> but I wouldn't be sitting But you couch. wouldn't be doing anything and else. She would do all the work. She would bring home all the money. Yeah, no. She would cook all the food. See, that's she not would... my definition of it. Right, it's not your definition, Correct. but that's the actual definition. Yeah. 
So you have to work on words based on what their mm -hmm. definition is. And that's what an alpha male is. It's something, it's a, it's a male being that allows women to serve it until another male yeah, comes along and it has to beat the totally shit out of it. not where I'm going. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's what the conversation, that's why I have such a problem with the conversation of this masculine versus feminine versus independent versus like toxic masculinity. When somebody says I'm an alpha male, especially you who is very open to, to everybody's being, you're mm -hmm. very honest about the way that you feel. You're very open and honest about your shortcomings and, mm -hmm. and what you did wrong as a dad and what you did right as a dad and what you did right and wrong as a, as a husband and what you did right and wrong as a child. Like that's not alpha mentality. That's just healthy, balanced. I don't even know what the fucking word would be at that point. Other so than what would you're you, a healthy individual. What would you dare? What would you classify or you term that we use when you got two people who are both trying to take the lead and won't forego any, or as you say, won't, do any give two people that are want to be the leader but don't give mm -hmm. they are not leaders they are those two people are failures mm -hmm. in the in the in the most in the fullest term possible they are they are both failures because in order to be a leader you have to be a healthy friend and a healthy friend accepts loves and understands mm -hmm. right so if i am loving you accepting you and understanding you as your leader then I'm going to step aside and go, absolutely, let's hear what you have to say. Show them. And if you show them and they love it or they don't, who was the actual leader, me or you? Me, because I stepped out of the way. You force your way in. That doesn't make you a leader. It just makes you boorish and aggressive. So that goes back to my <laughs> statement of why I didn't want Portuguese women. When they force certain uh, behaviors, Rather than stepping back and listening or whatever, um, I would guess that it, in your communications, in your, marriages, your communications broke down. Communications break down, right? And then you just have total shutting off or yeah. whatever. So. But that's where, that's where with my like my wife, very aggressive human being. For the like, she knows what she wants. She goes after what she wants. She's very opinionated. She has very specific rules and boundaries as to what she will and will not. Mm -hmm. tolerate in her relationship and those are attractive qualities and sometimes sometimes they're fucking annoying sometimes i look at it and go, that's fucking dumb but okay sure but i made a very specific rule when i decided that she was my person and i loved her that i wouldn't let anything stupid get in the way mm -hmm. of us being together mm -hmm. meaning that even if i disagreed with something that she thought so strongly about i wouldn't fight her on it Correct. I'd bring it back up in conversation over and over again until we had full understanding mm -hmm. of it. And maybe she changed her mind or maybe I did or whatever. But I refuse to leave my home and stay out overnight angry. Mm -hmm. I refuse to, to even leave my house angry mm -hmm. for the most part, unless I have somewhere else I have to be mm -hmm. for a client or my kid. I don't care if we go to bed angry, but we're not waking up angry. Anything that we had as a disagreement yesterday. We are not allowed to wake up and have a conversation about it today. That's the rule. That's a hard rule. I agree with the concept. But it works for us. But That works for us. For you. But do you do realize, in my, my experience, is women have a tendency to hang on to things. Yeah, but my wife isn't that way. Yeah. So I, I like to resolve I hang, issues. I hang, up, I hang on stuff more than she does. Oh, not me. She lets it go. So I allowed that to be a rule but in our house. that's a balance. Right. 
but does that make me less masculine? Does no, that make not me at less all. alpha? No, no, it just it just makes me more compatible, right? Mm-hmm. I think you're a compatible. You're working on being a compatible person. Mm-hmm. Are you completely there yet in a romantic sense? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't date you. I'm not going to either. <laughs> Married. Sorry, Dan. But but the reality is is, is if you yeah, that's what I was here for. But if you're second date, <laughs> if, if if you go through life saying I'm an alpha male, again I don't profess it, that, but right, I get what you're but saying. But you did here is my point. Yeah, well, but what the point I'm trying to make is when you have two strong personalities. Yep. Uh, and one doesn't. The, the, you're right. I, the, you one could keep giving down and holding down and saying, you know, fuck it. This is I'm gonna let this go. I'm gonna let this go. Is it, are you really letting it go, or are you just put it to the side? Because eventually, when you put it to the side, you have an explosion right. later. And because now you become resentful. Right, and that's where balance comes Correct. in. Right, you have Correct. to know, you have to choose your battles, mm-hmm. and then you have to have tact when you have a battle. Mm-hmm. You have to go into a disagreement with pure clarity of, okay, this is what I want, and am I going to be okay if I get it or if I don't get it? I have to have clarity on outcome. Mm-hmm. What is the outcome I'm looking for? And if the outcome I'm looking for is for you to tell me that I'm right, then this is a dumb conversation. That's just ego. That's just ego, right? But if the reason I'm doing this is because I think it'll make us better Mm -hmm. and it'll make our life better, Mm -hmm. then it's worth having it out. It's worth having that discussion. But I would imagine the majority of people that fight with their significant others are in it to be told they're right. Yeah, that's ego. That's right. But that's, the majority of breakups that's toxic. Right. That's super toxic. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that the more alpha you are, the more you understand that you don't even need to be alpha. You just understand that the most important thing in any healthy relationship is the other person. Mm-hmm. It's not communication. It's not love. It's not respect. It's not obedience. It's not kindness. It's the other person mm-hmm. because it changes moment to moment. So when you understand that and you bring that into your relationship, now all of a sudden you can have fuller conversations and a fuller understanding of why you're disagreeing and if this is a person you didn't want to be with. I love my wife. I do not like my wife all the time. Correct. That's how I know she's my person because I always love her, Mm -hmm. but I don't always like her. And that's important for me to understand. And, that, and that's how I feel about my kid. I always love her. Mm-hmm. I don't always like her. So the only people in my life that I always love are basically my parents, my daughter, and my wife. Everybody else is everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But those are my people that are probably never going to go anywhere. But I still have boundaries for them. I still have things that they're not allowed to do for me. But this goes right back, and then maybe the, the alpha comment, the alpha statement, wording, whatever, was the wrong word to use. But it goes back to if you set off boundaries, if you're dictating boundaries, say, okay, these are my beliefs, these are my non-negotiables, these are my boundaries, these right. are my my wish list, and stuff like that. Sometimes that comes off as toxic, and this is how we started this whole yeah, yeah, Jonah yeah. Hill thing. And that's where if you have two people that don't back down for whatever reason, communication breaks down. Yeah. yeah. And then you have nothing. I mean, without communication, you can't build such things as trust and respect and stuff. Everything's lost. So, again, some people will look at that if you're an opinion. There are guys who are not opinionated. They just no. don't care. Yeah. They don't care. Wife can do Absolutely. whatever they want. Wife wants a 
um, and I'm, I'm just using an example, wants to go out with the girls three, four, five, every night of the week, they don't care. Uh, wants to get drunk and do it, they don't care. There's some people who have an opinion about that, and some people might think that the opinion or boundary is toxic. Well, and that's where, that's where I would like to Like, change. I don't want a woman that wants to go to the, I don't drink. I don't drink alcohol anymore. Unfortunately, we can't. We can do the steak, but we can't do the bourbon. Um, I don't drink. Does that mean I can't be with a woman that doesn't drink? Not at all. That's not a. That's they can right. drink. I'm not a recovering alcoholic. It was a personal choice. But do I don't go to the bars every night? Do I want somebody that goes to the bars every night? No. Right. So am I wrong in saying I? No, you're you're not wrong in saying it, but mm-hmm. it's something that you should be upfront about. Correct. Like when you're starting the conversation with somebody that mm-hmm. you want to date. Those are conversation pieces of like, hey, how often do you drink? I don't really, I don't drink at all. And I don't mind if you drink and I don't mind if you're going out. But if you're a person that goes out four or five times a week, I'm, we're not going to be compatible. Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to be a good Correct. fit. Correct. Right. There's also the point of like me and my wife have been together for what? Almost seven years. We've only been buried for one. But if she started to change and do something new. I would have a conversation with her about that. I'd be like, oh, you seem to be going out more or doing this. You don't think the initiation of that conversation is considered to be toxic? No. I think that that is healthy to have that initiation of that conversation and be like, hey, I've noticed you've been going out with your friends a lot more. Why? Like, just the why are you doing it Mm -hmm. allows me to understand that, like, am I doing something? Do you not want to be around me? Mm -hmm. Or are you not happy? So what about if she gives you the answers that you're – not comfortable with well then that's what we have to explore as a as a relationship do is this a relationship that we should keep because i think that's where we're where I'm, the reason yeah. why i'm saying that is because that's the point of jonah hill there's two aspects on the table me starting young, uh dating right, early right. early in the game that's different and i agree with that then there's one that already in a relationship whether they were two years or three years into it and then she might have changed behavior i think that's the jonah hill example we're using they're already in the relationship so is he toxic? If she gave him an answer and said whatever his response think, was that didn't vibe with him, is he considered insecure and controlling? I think it's insecure and controlling if there is a consistent behavior for the entirety of your relationship, whether it be a year, two years, three years. If, for example, Jonah Hill's girlfriend, if she is a pro surfer who wears the same type of bathing suit and does the same type of photos and hangs out with the same people from day one to day 984 and then you text her and say yeah i'm done with this you can't behave this way if you want to be with me that 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 is toxic that is that is asking for trouble in your relationship if i'm not mistaken you're asking you're asking her to make a lifestyle change that she has had consistently for three i don't know i think she was getting uh endorsements that required more Sure. Whatever. Again, don't hold me to it, but I think but, there was a change. But again, nobody knows what's inside of their mm-hmm. relationship with them, and she made it public, and that's why we can have a conversation about it. But my point is, is if if my wife or my girlfriend of one or more years mm-hmm. has a consistent behavior, and then I decide that you're no longer allowed to do that behavior or get out of my life, and I'm angry about it, I'm toxic. So Jonah Hill's toxic. I think he was very polite about it. <laughs> so the delivery on the toxic behavior matters. I think it can. I, th- ah. I think it can. I'm playing. I'm playing devil's No, I know you are, but I think it can matter. I think if if my wife decided that she is going to go hang out 
with this dude and his and three girls or two dudes and these girls or this these other couples without me and this is a new behavior and I go hey look you can do this but if you're going to do it then this relationship has to be over so I'm glad you brought that up because I'm I don't know if you've seen Steve Harvey videos very inspirational very mm-hmm. very good but he seems to think that a man and a woman cannot be platonic friends his theory is no matter what your male friend is saying he's a friend but he's waiting for that chink in the armor. He's waiting for that little opening. He's waiting for you to break up with a boyfriend or whatever. So he has his opportunity. I think that's 90% true. Isn't that deemed to be toxic um, behaviors? That concept, that thought, isn't it toxic? Maybe. But I can only base it on my own personal experiences. I I think that 10% of the women I've known that I've called friends, there's no chance I would have slept with them. 90% 90% of them, if there was a moment where they were like, hey, let's do this, I'd be whoa, like... Whoa, whoa, before you answer that, you just celebrated your one anniversary. Don't put it out there. No, but I don't have... I don't really... The only friends that I have that are women now are married to my buddies. So reverse the roles, because I do know that this happened many times, that a woman says you can't be friends with her because uh, she's not married, she's single, whatever. Is that deemed to be toxic when a, when your woman or wife, girlfriend, whatever, turns t- uh, tables on you and says you can't have any female friends? I think it's silly for both. I don't know if it's toxic. I just think it's silly. I don't think it's healthy for the relationship. So, yeah, I guess it would be toxic because I don't think it's healthy for the relationship to dictate who you're. If you trust and love the person you're with, mm-hmm. trust and love the person you're with. And if you don't trust and love the person you're with, don't be with them. Like, that's just not worth it. Like, you're going to drive yourself fucking insane. Well, I go back to your theory. I mean, I've been friends with females that I never would have slept with. Yeah, never. I've employed There's- Females. Oh yeah. Uh, that I I don't believe in crossing that line. Uh, I have cameras in my office is just for that very reason to make yep. sure everybody's on the up and up. But let's be honest, we're guys, and I think there's a theory <laughs> or saying women sleep with whoever they can, men sleep with no, no. Women sleep with, with whoever they want. Whoever they want, men sleep with whoever they can. Right. Um. So I mean, again, right. it, it goes back to that's. But again, that and all of that is based on insecurities. And it, like, if you're a dude that's hanging out with a girl in the hopes that one day you get to sleep with her, like you need to do some real intense looking into yourself. Of like, if this is the only reason you want this person in your I'm life, I'm gonna play devil's advocate that, on that statement. So you've been with your wife for seven years. Yep. Married one. Were you guys friends before you started dating? No. Well, no. Briefly. I've been told recently. I fell in love with her the moment I met her. She like Tyler. I really have no chance. (laughs) (laughs) The point I've been told that it's better. And I hear a lot of older people that have been married 60, 70 years. And the the common ingredient that I'm going to ask them, what was your special secret? They were friends before they became partners or uh, dating or uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. So don't you have to be friends with a, uh, with a female if you hope that that's going to bloom into something else? Yes, probably. However, if I'm already in a relationship with somebody, oh no, no, it shouldn't no. even be on the. No, no. But you were saying if you're in, in, if you're friends with a female in hopes to one day sleep with her, you might not want to sleep with her or right, have but that if, goal. But, but, if, but but if that's the only reason you're friends with somebody, correct? Then that then that's something you need to look at internally. Like if if you're like, oh, I'm going to be friends with this chick, and hopefully someday she'll break up with her man, and I'll be there, and I'll yeah, sleep. that's like, weird. It's weird. Yeah, right. Like yeah. that's. Like you should be friends That's, with somebody because you you enjoy who they correct. are as a person, 
They add something, some sort of value to mm-hmm, your life mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. And then it's, it. I think that the argument becomes. So what would you call that man that is sitting there waiting and being friends with a female and hopes not to sleep with her, that one day he fell in love with her? We're going we're gonna to do the romantic book type stuff. Became, was friends with her, grew up, yep. whatever. And he hopes that one day that this guy's going to fuck up and he's going to get his shot. What kind of man is that? Sad. He's just a sad dude. Like, it's sad to think that you're just going to wait around and hope that you're the best choice after all the other choices. Now, do me a favor. Tonight, go home. Ask your wife. How would you feel if there was a, a, a man that you were friends with that waited for you so long and then finally got a chance with you? Most women would say, wow, that's romantic. That's very sweet. Mine would not say that. (laughs) (laughs) But some believe in that romantic, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that. You've never met my wife, have you? Not personally. Yeah. I see. I enjoy the interactions on social media. Yeah, because you guys would get along really well. You know. She is an alpha male. We do on. (laughs) She is 100% an alpha male. (laughs) But we we do, um, you know, because I like. That's the other you go back to submission, obedience, and, and stuff like that. It, it, I'm being a, with a masculine man doesn't automatically assume you have to be obedient. No. But, but that's the concept. But masculine is not the same as alpha. Well, we're beyond that. You, 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 you schooled me on that. And, I, and I've, you know, we have conversations. No, that- I think it's very important for men to be masculine. I think it's very important to have masculinity if you want to be fulfilled in your life as a male. Without the masculine piece, and yes, you have to have balance. So there are feminine moments and there are quote unquote feminine moments of like, oh, these are my emotions and these are my feelings and I cook and I clean and I like those are all quote unquote feminine qualities according to all the toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. people out there in the world. I think masculinity is part of being a well-balanced human. I agree. Right? So, and I think that a healthy woman has a small percentage of masculine traits. I think that mm-hmm. she can be strong and she can be protective and she can she can bear her claws and teeth when she needs to mm-hmm. protect mm-hmm. her own. Right? And that's a masculine trait. That's and I think that a well-balanced human has masculine traits if they're going to be fully healthy. Mm-hmm. But they also have the feminine side and they also have the understanding of my emotions matter and the way I feel matters and if I am struggling emotionally, then I need help. If I'm struggling physically, I need help. Like, I know for a fact when I stand up from this chair after talking to you for three hours, <laughs> I'm going to limp for the next five <laughs> minutes. Like, that's just real. Like, my hips and knees are so bad that when I sit for so long, I cannot walk for the next 15, 20 mm-hmm. minutes. So it's, that doesn't make me any less masculine. It doesn't no. make, like, because if I had to get up from this chair and beat the shit out of somebody, you better believe I could. Yeah. Like I would have like, and there are plenty of people out there that could beat the shit out of me. But if I had to get up and defend myself right now, I'd do it without a problem. But if I'm having a casual conversation with you and I stand up to walk, I'm going to limp. Well, that's age. Right. That has nothing to do with. Right. But it's, but the point is, is like, that's when masculinity kicks in for me. That's that understanding of like, if I need to protect something that I care about, I'll do it. But it's not my go-to. You be move. careful because that those terms, those that protection and stuff, you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, pushback because they're gonna tell you. You're, I don't give a we're, fuck. We're, we're not cavemen anymore. I don't give a fuck. But 
you don't. If give somebody up. tries to hurt my daughter, I'm gonna fuck you up. If somebody tries to hurt I my understand. wife, I'm gonna fuck you up. But what I'm saying is, care. it the the Call me. perception out there cool. is that a man that deems to be a protector like that and that has that protection, and I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing. with you. It's looked upon as bad as it, it's toxic masculinity. I don't know that everybody looks at it that way. I not think that everybody. There's, I, I think there's a very it. loud group of people that want you to believe that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think that those people don't even know how to fucking protect themselves, mm-hmm. let alone protect somebody they care about. Mm-hmm. And they think that it's this whole concept of like, we lost the idea of sticks and stones. Mm-hmm. Sticks and stones break my bones. Names will never hurt me. Mm-hmm. It's the other way now. Sticks and stones will never hurt you as long as you have these really strong words and put everybody in their place. Entitle everybody. Yeah. Well, let's find out how that works. It's not going to go well because there's still going to be people out there that can protect themselves. And there's going to still be people out there that are going to get physical and violent if you piss them off enough. And then sticks and stones are going to break your bones. Yeah, but that's what lawsuits and litigation are for. Yeah, and that's what they think. (laughs) They do. I'm telling you they do. That's what they think. But the reality is is... Not everybody gets arrested. Not everything goes mm-hmm. to litigation. Not everything, like, not everything gets resolved the way that you hope it'll get resolved. And how bad will it get before you realize that you're just stirring a pot you don't want to stir? But again, you, it, we you already really, touched upon that. that do was, you really think, like, do, no do those people really think that being overly aggressive and volatile and accosting people aggressively with their words that don't use their words and don't want to deal with their feelings but are prone to violence, do you really think those are the people you want to be yelling at and screaming at and telling them that they're idiots? Well, I go back to your golf cart story. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, 17 years old, why would you approach a group of guys that are clearly older than you, probably bigger? Yeah. But they're, that's the mentality. That's because, exactly the mentality. Why? What are you going to do to me? Because you feel too safe. Just like the dude that talked shit to Mike Tyson on an airplane and got fucking knocked out. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, that's the point. It's like, you can't run your mouth forever. Mm -hmm. And now, so many people train in MMA. So many people, like, I don't want to fucking get into a, a, I don't want to get into a fight with anybody. Mm -hmm. I have no, like, I will defuse a fight faster than, Mm -hmm. than anything else. Because I don't want, like, there's no telling what anybody knows now. When I was in my 20s. I'd have jumped to a fight fucking quick. Yeah, but like now that would have been we, the first move. We, yeah, same thing, but we as we get older, we as you got get more older, to lose. You got more to lose. You start to understand how the world works. You hope that, and that's what I hope. I hope that, I hope that this loud group of people that are talking this way are hopefully learning from our generation that you don't need to be violent. You can just be loud. And I think that's what's happening. I think that they're just being loud and they're not being violent, which is great. The problem is, is when they get loud and then violence occurs around them and it all goes to shit because messages get lost and everything gets convoluted. And I, what I do know is it's a, it's, it's a conversation that will be in flux for a very long time. Things are changing for the better or for the worst. Nobody will know. But what I know for sure is toxic is bad. And you can label whatever you want after the toxic. And anything you put after the word toxic is just bullshit, excuses, and made-up shit. Whether it's toxic toxic masculinity, toxic independence, toxic femininity, femininity, fucking toxic feminism, fucking toxic toxic, parenting, toxic parenting, toxic what, like, toxic is bad. 
Just don't be toxic. Yeah, be but healthy, the absence of certain things creates toxicity. We've already touched right. on that. You're basically, when you're saying, basically when you're, whatever you're putting after the word toxic is what's missing. Mm-hmm. So if you're toxic masculinity, you're missing masculine. If you're toxic independence, you're lacking independence. Toxic parenting, you're just not a parent. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what's happening. Like it's the, you might as well just be like, that's the negative version of it. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. not happening. This is a fun conversation, bro. Always is. How long do we go? Three hours? Fuck. <laughs> well, you got to do a lot of editing. We don't edit shit. <laughs> That's a, you know that. No way you're going to put three hours on. Nobody's going to watch it. Not we, all the way through. No, nah, we'll probably do it in two or three episodes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Thanks for coming out again. Well, no, it's thank you for having me. It. it was great. Uh, you taught me. Yeah, listen, I, I'm one of those guys. You. Oh, we're still recording? We're always recording. Uh, I'm one of those guys, debate and communications where you learn. Yeah. Sign language, I don't understand, and, you know, other than the middle finger. But you have to, there has to be debate. Yeah. But there also has to be open ears. Yeah, you have to listen. Yeah. So, but, I mean, it's a a dialogue going back and forth. Hopefully, it, it promotes more dialogue. I know you like to monitor these things as they go out. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's it's a, a conversation that needs to be had if if people want change. Yeah. So and and I see it out there. I, unfortunately, I see it out there. I'm out there, um, and in a different venue than like you are because you're married. But I'm sure you have single friends and stuff. Yeah. And um, you know, you just hear that. Uh, I just know that if you want to be in a relationship, you can't go into it so stubborn and so opinionated on what you want because it has to be a balance well you could but again the gray area there is communication of principles and beliefs yeah but if they and if they agree with your beliefs and they want the same things that you want then it works but if you have two people that are strong-willed and strong-minded going at each other all the time it's never going to work you have to find that balance and me and my wife are are honestly we're we're very we're both very aggressive in our opinions. And I learned through the years of being with her how to communicate with her in a way that works for her. <coughs> and then... But you're looking at it from two healthy beings. Oh, we're not healthy. Yeah. Not I, from the beginning. I've seen you guys uh, uh, correspond on social media, and it, it's, it's, it's comedic, but it's, it's, it's nice to see that. Yeah. You have to have some... It, there's it's comedic flirtation yeah and it, it's funny but there's some people that look at that and they say well, why are you talking to me like that you know again it go, it, it comes from previous damage yeah. it's and just, let's be honest i'm at 47 years old i'm dating even if i go younger 10 years 15 years there's more than likely some previous damage there definitely and so a lot of people and goes touches upon mental health and maybe they should seek therapy and their, their refusal yeah. to do so carry that over it's about knowing what you want going into it right like i like i said i fell in love with my wife the moment i met her i was dating somebody else and when i met her i was like fuck that over Mm -hmm. this is over like i wasn't that invested in my relationship as it was from the outside looking in it probably looked like i was but i was not emotionally invested in that relationship you have to determine that you have to explain that because she doesn't want to be known as a homewrecker 
Oh, she knows my home wrecker. Because there was no home to wreck. Yeah. It was just like, I was dating somebody that was very toxic and had her own issues, and I was attempting to be supportive. And she, I mean, she was a nice enough kid. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I just wasn't invested in her. But when I met my wife, I was done. I knew exactly what I wanted. I wanted her. Yeah. We know you're not sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> <laughs>